That is a good way to introduce our first stream in physical space in a very long time. Speak easy for kids. Mm-hmm. And we are live. Richard, welcome back to Dystopian Praha. How are you doing? I'm very well, sir. It's good to be back in uh, the city, which is snowy. You um, sound so enthused. Well, I, I have uh, quite strong jet lag. Apologies about that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here, but I'm also existing in multiple realities at the same time yes. right now. Due if, to the of course, it hits right now before the stream. Yeah, when when he came over, his phone literally died as he was at my door. So it, it rang twice and it just stopped. So I left him out in the freezing snow for three hours. Yeah, I nearly died. It was beautiful. Maybe that's why you're tired. Maybe the hypothermia has exhausted me a little bit. That's happened before right outside your door. That's an Arcontec uh, mm. kill zone for me. I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll call the Wi-Fi police. Yeah, we'll do some spells or something. Yeah, I didn't leave Richard for three hours, just letting you guys know as a disclaimer. But, dude, I, um, I've been waiting till this stream to ask you, how the fuck was traveling to five different countries in the span of three months, dude? Well... Everything was, everything, well, that was crazy. And uh, obviously it, it, it induced a lot of crazy dreams. Um, but I was super cocky uh, coming back. I was like, oh, I'm returning to Europe. Europe is my home. Fa la 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 la. And then I got to Holland and uh, some very, very handsome young men on uh, <laughs> the uh, Dutch immigration at Schiphol Airport told me with a smile and a wink and a jaunty demeanor that I was not allowed in. Why would they say it with that demeanor? Uh, well, I was laughing because I was probably a little drunk after the gin and tonics on the flight. Very, very, well, just on an 11 hour flight. Okay. It was in the wrong time zone. And they were like, you can't enter. And I said, why? And they're like, well, because uh, you've left the EU now. So you're not actually allowed to come in. And I was like, come on, guys. They're like, <laughs> you, that was your argument. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> that probably would work for you too. Damn, that's a shame. In the end, in the end, it did. Um, so, yeah, we ended up having this bizarre conversation where nobody could really tell me what the rules were, mm -hmm. but they knew I couldn't leave the airport. Wow. So they had security uh, escort me from passport control back into the airport, into a never-ending loop of, uh, of travel. So another version of me is just traveling for eternity now. You know, I don't did we, did I talk about this with you? I don't know. I remember coming across a thought where if you're having jet lag, mm. it's almost as if your body is moving forward mm. on the plane, traveling that quick, mm. and then your soul and yeah. your psychology is yeah. just kind of delayed, and it just snaps back after it, a while. It, it snaps back, but I think um, the, to, to the, the metaphor continues, and, and sometimes because you're not your soul and your body are not, your soul can move forward. So my soul had already left the airport, okay. but my body was there with my passport in my hand, you know, sweaty and gritty after, because I'd come from LA, I'd come from um, yeah. West Hollywood, all the way through the air, right. through the magic tube, <laughs> landed and been like, right, I'm finally back in Europe, this is my home, open the doors, the king is up, and they're like, no, 
<laughs> so sorry, no. but uh, you can't come into our country anymore because you've left the EU. But let's get to what I really want to talk about. What's your real thoughts on California after being there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh dear! I remember in two thousand and seventeen, um, I, I, um, uh, my life and America made me very sick. I, I did a, a tour in America. I did the major American cities, and um, then I did some work with a gentleman in Texas, and it mm. was it was all it was all too much. And then I got home, and because I was exhausted, I got um, herpes in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a uh, shingles is in okay. the, is in the herpes family. I got it in my ear, yeah. um, which is apparently quite dangerous. It's called Hunter Ramsey syndrome, and you okay. can lose your hearing and the use Jesus. Of, of your face. So I was very very sick for a few months, and um, I do I do think that part of that, apart from uh, I was coming out of a bad relationship, and I, I you know I had my own personal issues, and the, just the exhaustion of going through these different American cities and trying to take all the information in. Um, part of it was was I do think was part of the malaise of being in America, and I found it quite um, a shocking experience, leading to California. Uh, and so, what did I notice? Um, racial division was extremely high. The different states of America are ex- were experienced by me subjectively as effectively different countries mm. with with little cohesion. The place felt like a camp, still feels like a camp. It feels like a project, an ongoing project that's not finished. And at times it feels like prison. Mm. Um, when I was in California having the experience again, because I'm seeing it, it's like watching an old movie for the fifth time now. You see new things with new eyes. And, and um, I was even planning on the conversation that I was going to have with you. And I remember that we'd said about American prisons yeah. and how they become uniquely racially divided and tribalized and... And how to uh, European when we watch those movies of American prisons, we're always like, well, they can't work like that. You can't just be like, yeah, right, right. Go and stand with those white people over yeah, there. Yeah, Like they're, they're your homies now. Yeah. Be like, well, you know, because I would go in all naive and be like, well, actually, I speak Spanish. Yeah, perhaps I could hang around. No, mm. no, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's mm. not going to work. They're not going to embrace you. Um, and so, so going going back, it was it was reinforced um, again. Uh, like, the, okay, I won't say it's a racially divided country. I'll say it's a country strangely obsessed with race. Yeah, and there, there is a point that I'll come to on that. Um, but the uh, the big thing was in 2017. I felt like the country was ripe for civil war. Hmm. And a friend of mine who is uh, uh, who I've been speaking to for years, he was like, "Please do a video on this." And I was like, "I, I can't really do that. I don't think it's going to help having like some snotty English guy with my accent and everything saying this is what I think about America right. with a mainly American audience." I don't, and I wish I wish actually I'd had the bravery to do it now because um, there was a lot of stuff that I could that I could just see and feel in the air hmm. that has come to fruition. And one of the places that I went to was Portland. Yeah. And I particularly, ident- if any of you followed my old Instagram before I uh, deleted it, I wrote a long post about the extremely strange atmosphere in Portland and what a, if a, if a place can get depressed, if a place can fall into a real crisis of its own identity, Port- Portland was, was it. It was, hmm. it was really strange. And so... Um, 
there's a number of things that I could see there, but coming away from it again, there is this sense of, of America as a performance rather yeah. than as a place. America is something you do, and it's a theatre. And the reason why the different ethnicities in the yard act that way in the prison yard is because they're being seen. And every, oh, yes. everybody still, I'm going to make this outrageous claim, everybody still thinks America is a movie. Yeah, that's, and they, uh, that's and, true. And they yeah. act that way. They yeah. act like they act like they're, they're in a movie and they they play the roles of characters in a movie, hundred percent, which are yeah. always reductive. Uh-huh. Have to be reductive because I don't want a character in a movie who's yeah. like real life complex. That's right. too much. I have an hour and a half. Reduce yourself. Be be the white guy. Yeah. So go hang out with the white people and do white people shit and listen to white people. I mean, stop confusing me or whatever your ethnic group is. So there's a re- yeah. there's a pressure to reduce yourself. To acting along certain lines, Ed, that is, there's nowhere else in the world I've ever been to that's like it. Well, you just put into words that very thing I couldn't really put my finger on when I lived there. It felt like it was as if everyone had to live to some sort of character archetype movie trope as a character. And it's it's like, it's either you have people trying to play that extra of like, if you're a white girl, you play a white guy. Mm-hmm. Or that everyone's competing to become a main character. Mm. So you have like those... that those two opposing polarities of people pushing themselves in really like chaotic traumatic lifestyles to mm. become that main character or you have people that want to be those NPCs of what your stereotype is supposed to be yeah and I, I and honestly I you're right I haven't really seen it all of my time through Europe I mean people kind of live out like Italians like food you know what I mean but right. it's not like from what my experiment experiences it's like you got to say that line better. You, you have to live up and deliver yes. that line exactly like yes. this. Otherwise, and if you go off script, people get really uncomfortable. They get really scared. Yeah, yeah. So the um, to to dovetail on that, the compassionate sort of point was um, it's not an accusation. Um, the pressure to to conform to a certain mode of being is incredibly strong there, yeah. as nowhere else, and. Um, so you said it, um, you said when you don't perform according to the script, did you say people get uncomfortable or they get anxious? Both. Right. Yeah. So they get uncomfortable and they get anxious. Uh, but this to me is a bit like when we say people with borderline personality disorder have, have ang- anxiety issues or, or um, uh, abandonment anxiety. We say they have abandonment anxiety. And I already say, no, it's abandonment terror. So we need to understand people with borderline personality disorder are not anxious about being abandoned. They're fucking terrified of it. So when you say people are uncomfortable and anxious, um, it's that on steroids, cocaine, and LSD. Yeah, it's like a, you, it's like you're inducing an existential crisis right, right. in some poor fucker in um, in Whole Foods because you went off script. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. it's like the fucking Truman Show. It, that's right. People start right. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Where's the cameras? What do we? And they'll be like, okay, so Sally the other day decided, you know, right. and, and they'll right. like try so to loop you back onto the script. You. you know, obviously, I think this is the result of just maturing twenty years in the last year for me. But this is old Pierre. <laughs> I knew him when he was young. Eight, last a year, year. Ago. y'all know me. Y'all knew me remember, back then too. Do you remember silly Pierre? Yeah. Do you remember pre-existential crisis nihilism, Pierre? What happened? What happened to this guy? He was happy-go-lucky. Uh, my God. 
I reserve it for my second channel. Yeah. Subscribe, no. Um, but I think it's, okay, this is from the result of maturing, for one thing. But I will say, when I lived in America, I followed that approach to communicating in life in that attention-seeking way. And looking back, it was way worse than it's ever been back then. And it, you feel this air in, in, in the environment that you will easily be forgotten if you don't do some outlandish shit mm. or you don't you don't do you don't follow mm. a specific guideline of what a group does mm. or and, and and it's really heavy it, it's yeah, imposing man. on you yep. and i was going through some crazy actions just just for that unconscious desire that fulfillment and ever since i came out here it, it declined over time but heavily like yeah. nowadays I'm really fine with chilling inside and not being seen. Right. You know, I can go to the grocery store and whatever the hell else without fully getting dressed up, which is what I used to do back then. Yes. But now I'm just kind of like able to just chill a little more than I did back then. I don't know what it was in the environment exactly that induced that so heavily. But obviously it's not purely the environment, but I can definitely see a change in how I've gone about life because yeah, of that. Yeah, well, you will, you know, we all, as human beings, we respond. Um, to the environment. I was aware when I was there, when I was using the, the freeways, um, which is a, 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 again, a unique driving experience. I've driven, I've driven in Asia, I've driven in many places across the, across the world. And it's a unique driving experience being on the freeway and being uh, overwhelmed on both sides by really, really big, loud vehicles. Yeah. You know, in America, yeah. we love I like big loud vehicles. Yeah, yeah. I was in a Dodge Charger this time. Nice. Beautiful. But there's these huge pickup trucks everywhere that are spinning past you. And you just kind of feel, like you said, that uh, especially in Los Angeles, um, even with the lockdown, the traffic was still crazy there. Um, you feel swallowed up. You feel completely invisible. So your neighbors in the south is Mexico, your neighbors to the north are Canadians, and I know what Canadians and Mexicans say. Your direct neighbors, forget about what the rest of the world say about Americans, but your direct neighbors who are in regular contact with America, what they say about Americans, they're loud, they're brash, they say stupid things, they repeat slogans. And I'm like, but when you're there, that makes the most sense to Right. do that because how are you going to hear me how right. are you going to see right. me i'm competing with 330 million people yeah yeah 100 percent. and i think it's not just one little thing it's a the conglomeration of giant gray freeways mm. that span collectively 12 lanes mm. that's mm. huge mm. you won't see that out here that's huge it's all gray everyone's in similar cars you never see faces so unconsciously that signals to you that you're part of the camouflage yeah every house is like a mile away from the next yeah. every starbucks looks the same to the next street yeah every person is louder than the last person yeah and then you put all of those combinations together with the corporate advertising and the corporations the, the top five that rule mm -hmm. the entire place mm -hmm. i think all of those stack up to give you that unconscious signal that like you're just a number just an ant like yeah. you're you're just an ant in, yeah. in compared to this whole thing yeah. where out here everything's a bit more compacted there is noticeable landmarks like that's the castle right there that's the charles bridge right here yeah. you know your place exactly just by walking and taking a tram somewhere it doesn't turn into just a whole row of gray blocks for kilometers on end so you just said 
you said you know your place. And uh, one of the reasons why I was laughing when I was dealing with the handsome Dutchman yeah. of the uh, of immigration, they're all in incredible shape. I mean, if <laughs> they nearly you get his number, they nearly turned. It was multiple. I was like, are any of you ugly? Can I get one ugly <laughs> dude? They're all like under the age of thirty, tall, super fuck tall yeah. ripped, wearing really tight shirts. And I'm like, what the fuck? It's like a, a little strip show when you go into yeah. Amsterdam. Half the chats are like, I'm booking my flight to Amsterdam, yeah, right? And so uh, one of the reasons why I was laughing um, as I'm talking to these guys is there is a, you said know your place and then uh, I have to be careful. And I noticed that these people feel very, very grounded. Right. And I've spent a lot of time with people who don't feel grounded. And that, uh, carefully treading, even in the Caribbean, there isn't, there isn't this sense of ease with your place and the land. But if you're Dutch, yeah. you speak Dutch, you live Dutch, you eat Dutch, you watch Dutch, you are Dutch. You don't need to scream, I'm Dutch, I'm yeah, Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're American, you need to scream that you're American. I'm American, yeah. America, yay. Yeah, right. If you're Dutch, you don't need to do that. If you're Czech, you don't need to do that. So I'm like hungover, sort of dissociated. I'm looking at them. And one part of me is going, I can't get into the country, so I can't go anywhere. This is a major inconvenience. And the other side of my brain is going, isn't it fascinating that they're so clearly comfortable with who they are and in the land and they know people, their history, and they're connected, you see, with their yeah, yeah. And I'm like, stop for a second. Right. This is a real security is now leading you. That's never happened in my life. Like The security team is leading you back into the prison of the airport, where there's the last place I wanted to be. Right. I wanted to go take a shower and go to the hotel. So um, there is this sense of being connected with the land. The reason why I said you've got to be careful with this is because... This is the type of thing that uh, different fascist movements mm -hmm. and, that, that, and communist it, it movements have said. If you take that to the wrong direction, it could lead to the nationalism, like the 100%. extreme nationalism. 100%. But I do, I remember speaking to a lady from Macedonia um, who was talking about her roots being in Macedonia. Um, and you, you get a lot of this in the, in the Balkans. Like mm. Serbs will feel they're connected to Serb Bosnians. Right. Bosnia, and it's in... It's like uh, the Spanish have a saying, sangre y tierra, uh, which is blood and earth. They're like, in the earth. And I'm always a bit jealous of that kind of nationalism because I've never really felt it. I'm a bit of a gypsy. Yeah. I do feel connected to Europe, but I don't feel connected to yeah. the UK as such. Sure. But yeah, some of these movements have said like, well, how, if you keep going along this way and you're like, well, people are better and more comfortable in their homeland, then how far away are you? How many steps away do you start to go, well, everybody should just go home then? Everybody needs to go back to where they came from. Exactly. Would be the, yeah. the next step along. So to give some further context so it doesn't get into murky waters, mm. it's like I'm in the same page where I'm a gypsy in a certain sense too. You know, I don't exactly belong to a specific place, but there's something about being in a place where there are cultural foundations and, and, a, and a tangible root that's not based on corporate money only <laughs> and I think when I lived in California there wasn't that foundation that just wasn't based purely on advertising mm -hmm. on on just like some magic you know yeah and, and yeah it, I mean it's a heavily competitive environment too so everyone's out against each other on top of that I mean I can talk about this for fucking hours but yeah. you know oh I wanted to tell you just the other day for the New Year's I talked to my mom and she told me some stuff that was going on at when she was renting out her house. Mm. She was having roommates, or 
how do you, how do you, what's the correct terminology? She was renting out the house that she was living in mm. to just people that uh, lodges or what are you saying English lodges? Lodges? That's not it. But whatever. And you rent out your rooms? Rent out the rooms, but right. they live in the same place, mm. right? And I'm not even joking. The only five people mm. that would come through, whether they're couples or singles, mm. they all had some deep trauma. Mm. Uh, one was a girl, a girlfriend and boyfriend. Girlfriend got pregnant, and it was a domestic abuse situation. Police were called multiple times. Mm. Another one was a girlfriend and a boyfriend. The mm. girl went to prison, mm. came back, and found and brought home a girl from prison, <laughs> and then lived with the, 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 all together. So girlfriend, boyfriend, and the criminal girl. The new girl. The new girl, and they were they were blazing it fat, token it up from bongs and joints just in the thing. My parents were like, what the fuck y'all doing? Yeah. And then another one was a single lady who was going through psychosis, yeah. like screaming at night, like to herself mm-hmm. and like going to the bathroom and just cussing out an invisible person. Mm. And and like another person got a DUI. Mm. It just like the trauma list just goes on and on and on and i'm mm. like and by the way they're all around the same age group as me mm. so and the conversation i was like hey mom does that bring a little perspective of the environment that i was surrounded by yeah you know and because my mom and dad they're just hanging around their own same age group and really mm. closed off a little bubble and they never really saw this stuff mm. so as they're renting out this place they're getting a peek into what it's like to live as a millennial in southern california and yeah. there's something deeply troubling yeah. about that area specifically and the mental occurrences there. I don't know what's going on. Again, I'd, I'd hit that compassion button and just say, I really feel like this time around, um, I just walked away, a similar sort of thing, like I really noticed the mental health issues. Right. You of, you posted an Instagram story of you walking through Venice and there was tents everywhere. Yeah, talk, tell me about that, dude. Venice was like the Star Wars bar writ large um and it actually the vibe was was pretty it was positive i quite liked venice beach i thought i thought it was i i was i, got I loved it, it before yeah. the whole thing happened like but you can see venice beach is in a is like a peak example of what's happening generally where mental health is like on the to hit the streets yeah like people are yeah. openly not just depressed, but psychotic. Right. Very, very, very sick people. How many people did you see scream at themselves? There was quite in, a bit when the, I was in there. In the whole time I was in America, uh, which was probably in the end was a, a total of like just over two weeks, maybe 16 or 17 days, definitely upward of, of 15 people. Um, oh, definitely upward of 15 people who were standing there screaming at themselves or hitting themselves. Uh, I saw a guy in Los Angeles on the side of the freeway, nowhere near civilization, like far away on the freeway, in a fight with himself, doing like the uh, fight club thing. Um, Maybe 22, 23 years old, uh, just stripped down to his underwear. They had a beanie on, which was good of him. And he was was like in a full MMA bout with himself. Um, It's drugs, obviously, but... We shouldn't write these things off as just, oh, well, they're just drug addicts. Well, how do you no. become a drug drug addict like right. that without pre-existing mental health issues? I'm so sorry. Can I borrow a black vest from you? I'm having a real sweat problem here. Yes, I also have to urinate. So yeah. if you can continue with your explanation. Can you dig me out a black vest? Yes, I definitely, I will get it right now. But awesome. go ahead and explain further I about will. this craziness. Okay. 
You go pee. Yeah. Pierre gonna pee. <laughs> he gon he gon pee. <laughs> Let's listen. <laughs> so um I I saw uh, Please don't rip this with your massive biceps. Thanks. I saw um an awful awful lot more um uh mental health stuff uh than I'd seen than I'd noticed in, in previous visits. Um and just a general sense that uh, uh, a dissolution, a sense of things dissolving, and people rightfully panicking as as they're dissolving. It kind of felt it's all to me. It's always felt a bit temporary anyway. It's always felt a bit experimental. It's always felt a bit like like a project that that could go either way, um, and at this particular point in history it's not over i'm not saying it's worthless i'm not saying it's not worth fighting for but i would say the project or the experiment is not doing well um and it does it does feel like things are in a, a little bit of a state of entropy is that for the that work? uh yes this this might actually be hotter than the thing i've already got on but i will i will Do you clean just want this. like a black shirt instead or the the lightest thing you have that i can wear decently in public because i'm extremely hot <laughs> my titty sweat is coming through <laughs> i can't believe you're borrowing a shirt of mine uh, if, if i wear that one i'm just going to sweat more okay let me let me see um do you have a sort of a bra a glittery bra brassiere i can try my best Yeah, I don't know if you're gonna fit in any of my clothes, man. Probably not. It will all be destroyed. So the um, I can see as well why why people are leaving California on mass, um, that sort of mass panic uh, to get out. Uh, you you can you can really see why. Where I spent most of my time was in North County, which is its own um, territory, but. You know, I, I would imagine it's only a matter of time before this effect uh, breaks through everywhere, where everywhere is starting to look uh, uh, similar to this, um, and you're gonna you're gonna get this uh, dissolution and entropic effect. I'm literally like drying all of my tank tops, okay. so you might have to try a shirt. I'll t I'll try this shirt. I'll try this shirt. This? I, I hope I uh, I hope I don't I don't savage it. Ah. Yeah, you're I, not gonna fit this. One. I'm gonna I'm gonna break the screen. They just want you shirtless, man. Yes, of course they do. Everybody does. Why wouldn't they? As you can see, it's been a long time since me and Richard have seen each other, so that's why he's taking off his shirt right Ooh. now. Um, anyways, so... Let's see what you guys are saying. Maybe I'll be able to buy a house in the suburbs for less than a million. Yeah, no, California is super expensive as well. I just made a video about covering more reasons why I left the place, but it's interesting to hear somebody as well-traveled, like Mr. Richard Grandin himself, s talk about my hometown because it confirms that I'm not as crazy as I expect myself. Does it work? Oh, yes. Great. Hell yeah, man. Can you lower the temperature? I mean, I get, we, can, we can open the window. Oh, please, God, open yes. the window. <laughs> ah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Man, oh, 
has entertainment changed over the years? You wouldn't be able to go get away with that with nobody's talk shows. perfecto. Yeah, that was oh, my yes. friend's band shirt. I like that it. fits you fine. Yes. Great. Wonderful. Hello, now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now you definitely look like a bodyguard. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, scoot, scoot this way a little bit more. Rich is going through menopause. You <laughs> should be bastard. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So, oh, so California, right? Um, it's good hearing. <laughs> it's good hearing these things because I thought I was, I was going crazy there, but it really does confirm the fact of how important environment is and how much it really does affect your personal mental state. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and environment obviously includes the people that you have around you. So if you have people around you who are neurotic and who are very anxious and very uncomfortable in their own skin day in, day out, um, then eventually it does it does rub off. I don't think I've switched on. Let me switch it on. Okay. This is, oh, it's, uh, oh, it is switched on. It's okay. powerful. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it does. It does, of course, rub off. I don't think these problems are new. I think it's. Ooh. I think it's always been that way. Um, and I don't. I don't really. I don't really. Um, I don't have a solution for it. I just. I just notice these things, and I'm like, oh God, I can. I can see this stress here. I can see this tension here. Um, I can see. There's a, there's a, it's like a performance. And when you're performing all the time, it's, of course, it's fucking exhausting. Well, that's why actors go crazy. They always yeah. have that middle-aged meltdown or child stars yeah. go through a freakout because yeah. you're, you're playing another identity as a living. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, I mean, technically, you can boil it down to academic terms. It's, it's a temporary psychosis when you're acting. Yes, yeah, but especially we're if you're just good, if used you're a good to actor. It. If you're a good actor and you're winning the game, then you're very good at channeling your crazy. <laughs> yeah, but think about that. Isn't that weird? Like, if you see a person that is schizophrenic or whatever, they have mental problems, but if you get paid for it and you can control it, yeah. you're a famous actor yes. and you deserve respect. Yeah, yeah, and you're, you're, you're lauded for it. It's, it is, um, I mean, just the fact that those are our, our stars, they're the stars of our age, what do they do? They impersonate other people and they fulfill largely fairly narcissistic and extremely grandiose narratives that are our fantasies. So they're paid to jerk us off psychologically. They're psychological <laughs> prostitutes and they're our favorite fucking things. They're our most, we all know their names, we all know their faces, we're, we're really, really pleased with them. Um, yeah. And you, and obviously, I went to Hollywood again against my will. Um, even went to the Hollywood sign this time. And you know the the difference between what people think Hollywood is and the actual reality of Hollywood. I think it speaks to the core of the issue. We have this gap that's growing between fantasy and reality. For those of you who've not been, like the uh, the the Walk of Fame, um, and and not all of Hollywood, but certain parts of Hollywood, it's really rough. I think I've made this point before. Do you remember I said that I got I got stuck in Long Beach when I was twenty one? Mm. This time I got stuck in Crenshaw. Oh fuck! Yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> because I ran out of fuel. I was driving oh, to Hollywood from from Anthony's. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the Charger, which well, it was just Gosel's gas, mm. and I just I hit on my without looking because I'm you know focusing on the freeway. Obviously, kids not using my phone, and I hit petrol station. And it was a hydrogen station. There's a there's a hydrogen gas station in Crenshaw. Okay. So I had like no fuel left. I, w I turned, I was like, oh, fuck it, where am I? Mm. And I looked on the map, I was like, Crenshaw. Nice. <laughs> Which is fine now. 
Okay. It's not... Uh, Boys in the Hood was set in uh, Crenshaw. Right, right. And, uh, well, I say it's fine now. It's not like I lived there, but passing through, it was yeah. just a quiet residential area where it looked like it. Sure, sure. Yeah, even places in Long Beach when I would go through are all right, but you take the wrong turn. That's the thing about places in America. Mm. Maybe most places, but from what I remember... You take the wrong left turn, and mm. it's just you're on the worst block ever, and you don't even that, realize it. How the fuck does that... You could do that in Los Angeles. You go... Yeah, yeah. Hellhole. Beverly Hills. Okay, gorgeous place. Yeah. I'm like, you can literally walk up the road and rob these people. Why of don't, course. I don't you just like, do like, the way to downtown LA with all the skyscrapers, and then West Hollywood's on the other side, you literally go through Skid Row. Because mm. I, I remember the only places that I would actually check out when I lived in Los Angeles was maybe... West Hollywood, mm-hmm. Santa Monica, Venice Beach, and Little Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And Little Tokyo is like three blocks away from Skid Row. Mm-hmm. So you're driving through this tent city mm-hmm. just, tr- just trying to get some mochi ice cream or like mm-hmm. some nonsense. And it's just one block. But um, but yeah, man, I think uh, I, I thought I was... Because I think the predominant narrative with mental health and stuff like that, it's places pure... And only responsibility with what is only occurring in there, mm-hmm. which you have the responsibility to work through with what you got, mm-hmm. but as well as damn, hearing you explain how you felt there, and then hearing the stories of the renters mm-hmm. from my parents, and even my experience is like, the environment is probably at least half of what induces all of these things. I think so. Uh, there's the famous. Um a Sicilian American psychology professor uh, Zimbardo, is he, I think he's Philip Zimbardo, and he wrote a, he's a New Yorker. He wrote a book called uh, The Lucifer Effect, where he puts the case very convincingly that it's environments that create uh, people's attitudes and their behaviour. Um, and you know, obviously, it's different state to state. I think we've made the point before. In California, for God knows what reason, you do see these psychoses, these neuroses writ large right. where perhaps you don't in other states even you know even in New York which yeah. you would expect to be right. a total nut house but my experience actually of New York and of New Yorkers is actually a little bit more grounded a bit more a bit more balanced some of the people that I'm encountering in California they're in this fucking stratosphere I feel like I need to get them down off the roof with a long broom I'm like come, right. come down here for a minute it's okay reality's not that yeah. scary come come back yeah there's something about the sun there I think there's a layer in the atmosphere that filters the sun it's an Instagram filter that circles right over Southern California it doesn't give them the right kind of vitamin D right you know it, it transmutes it to something else but yeah you know a joke that I would make just to cope there is is like people all all they'd like to do around there is just look and stare at the sun. I, and they just fry the retinas. <laughs> it's just like, because they, they, they do feel like they're floating somewhere. Right. It's like, right. where, I, I don't, I don't, and I'm like, what is going on? I don't know how, exp- I don't want to explain the situation. Did you get to see the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction? I didn't, man. Was Did you see it? I saw it before I knew what it was. I was like, why are those stars like so close together it's like you know you see yeah. in a sci- science fiction movie there's two moons or something yeah. I was like oh, fuck it why the- what the hell why is that there and I was saying that to people and they're like oh I don't know and then it turns out Saturn Jupiter thing mm. which was uh, very very pretty I should close the loop on the uh, Holland story oh. they eventually gave me back my passport and they said you mustn't leave the airport 
you should leave now. And I said, well, what if I can't get a flight till tomorrow? And they said, oh, there's a hotel here. You can stay in the hotel in the airport. So I got my passport back and went, that's definitely what I'll do. So I took my passport, I collected my luggage and I was like, nobody's nobody's watching me. And I slowly edged towards the taxi rank. <laughs> this is all hypothetical. You didn't really do that. Well, but that's I, what you would have I hypothetically I actually, done. I don't know if they have the legal ability like once they give me my passport yeah. back to say because they're only immigration the border patrol i'm like i wasn't on the border then i was on the road like unless they call the police yeah. so uh that's how i ended up in prague by ignoring <laughs> am i being detained am i being detained <laughs> am i being detained am i being detained what am i being arrested for <laughs> i can't believe you were able to pull all that shit off like i can't yeah. believe you did all of that in three months yeah, that's wild man especially crazy. during this time dude like I don't know how you skirted by yeah and that's the last I'll ever be able to do it because the, all the borders are shutting down hard style soon uh huh uh huh this is nothing compared to what's coming kids yeah man I mean has <laughs> your how much has your perspective shifted if at all by doing all of that and I'm, seeing the progression of how things are going now. I'm back to where I was at the beginning of the lockdown. You know, I was like full paranoia, new neo-communism. Yeah. They're going to take over money. Um, the behavior of the governments globally is so strange. I can only conclude that that's what they're going for. I mean... The eradication of, of cash. To a new... A new... A new not even, it won't even be a currency. It'll be... A new system of trade with far more control and far less leakage. Oh, to, to further send everybody into existential despair, I watched the video, uh, <laughs> I think, yesterday, and it was covering the idea of how no one is going to own anything in the future. And the reason why is because we're going to do everything through rental payments. So if you want to own like a laundry machine, you want to loan a own mm. a place or mm. even you can rent out like vacuums mm. and even iPhones everything's mm. going to be on a subscription basis mm -hmm. of just renting and paying month by month mm -hmm. in return meaning that no one actually is going to end up possessing anything good because uh, property is theft comrade and this is how we'll win the class war <laughs> Yo. Just like we did last time, and the time before that, and the time before that, and the time before that, and the time before that. This time, comrades, it will work. But it's a living sci-fi novel, and that's the dimly lit despair and light at the end of the tunnel. At least we get to live a cool movie. We are living in a very, very cool period of history, so we can <laughs> narcissistically crazy. jerk ourselves off. That we got front row seats. It's fucking wild, man. There's there's nothing there's nothing like this in history, and even even me saying like, oh, um, it's going to be communism. I mean, it it really isn't. It's going to be something that that is. It's never been done before. It's never been done before, yeah. so it's beyond human comprehension. So because of the the leveling of it and the lack of property ownership and the totalitarianistic elements of it, the easiest thing to compare it to is communism. But it's not communism strictly. Mm. It'll be communism for the hoi polloi, the lumpen proletariat, yeah. us. But for the oligarchs, it yeah. will be, I suppose, uh, like they'll live like the lords of medieval times. All It'll praise be Bezos and Gates. All praise Bezos and Gatos. <laughs> uh, they'll live like feudal lords yeah. and we'll live like the peasant class of 
And you know, so this is this is what my presumptions are to this new type of system that's not communism, but like like a further evolved version. So this question goes of like uh, that is not going to happen. Who are we paying rent to, right? And I'm thinking, how would they go about it? Because everything has to be beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. So stimulus checks. If the government's paying everybody monthly income, mm -hmm. and then you pay your rent with their monthly income, mm -hmm. that I mean, what? what's the difference of them just owning your fucking place you know what well, i mean it's, like it's like it's it's in, it's interesting that 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 you that you focus on that as well because when i'm when i'm trying to understand what people who think communism is a good idea want and it's bloody hard work i always come up with the this i always come up it is always a problem money and police yeah. money and police what are you going to do so are we really not going to have currency I mean, there's too many of us for right. that for that to be workable. And are we really not going to have police? And what have we seen this year? We've seen this move towards defunding yeah. and, and just oh, dissolving yeah, the right, police completely. Right, right. And then there are these issues around around ownership so, and uh, digital currency. So yeah, maybe it's not even so much the obliteration of currency. It's maneuvering it in such a way that it's almost as if it doesn't need to exist. But it, it's just the symbol is there, so you at least like know it's there. Yes, there will be there will be a currency. What there won't be like right now. I like having paper money because I'm old fashioned like that. I like walking around with a wad of cash with whatever yeah. country I'm in, and then I use cards all the time and keep it because I'm weird. Mm. I just want to know mm. that if you rob me, I can give you something because mm. I am good socialist. <laughs> so, so that will be gone. I and it will be gone at the microcosmic level, at the macrocosmic level. Pierre won't be walking around with a ton of money in his bank account. Mm. Richard won't be walking around with cash in his pocket. Everything you have should be tied up back into the system because from if I'm an evil genius economist, I. It doesn't benefit me or the system for you to be holding onto cash that mm. I can't see. Mm. Every single thing you have should be in yeah. the economy, moving mm. somewhere. So yeah, it won't be it won't be a total eradication of money. We just won't be able to own money and own things the way we do now. That will be verboten. Right. In our yeah. Con considering that idea of like you're basically going to rent any possession that you decide on having, including mm. your flat and stuff. And if you have the stimulus checks coming to pay for all of that the stuff mm. that you don't even fucking own, mm -hmm. what does that sound like? You know what I mean? It's it's just one step that differentiates a potential other form of rule that mm. I think we're all familiar of, but it just the symbolic nature of that still moving around just separates it enough. Yeah, it would be um, um Are you cold? No, I'm good. I'm okay, good. I'm a little cold. It is it is cooler now. I'm very much enjoying it because I'm okay. a lizard man. Oh you you're the guest in the the uh, state owned flat right well, now. So if we could stop you right before hypothermia sets in. Yes. Um the uh so Jizek talks about Capitalism with a human face. This would be communism with a fascist face. Well, a capitalistic face, maybe. Uh, or not so much anymore. Now it's just overt. No, <laughs> I mean because because I I would argue. Well, I not I would argue. I think it's true to say that in in capitalism, the individual can have a thing. That's mm. what capitalism really stands for: is thingism. Uh, the thing is 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 the individual, and the thing is primary. Mm. And we can't have that. Mm. Which, you know, uh, I was listening to Jordan Peterson the other day. Uh, he's got a, he's got. I listened to his podcast. People think I hate Jordan Peterson. It's not le red or blue, left or right. I have really deep criticisms of him, but I listen to him. I and I enjoy, I enjoy his work, and I'm glad he's back. Um, and I do listen to his podcasts. I study them. 
he had one out recently um, and he was talking about uh, capitalism but without saying it he said the system of, of economy and governance that we have now is is goes one way and nobody's ever found a solution to it and the example he gave that even an idiot like me could understand because I'm not good with mathematics and economics is not my bag he says when you play Monopoly how's Monopoly won? Right. Well, eventually right. everybody gets poorer and poorer and one person gets to keep everything. And he's he just made the point, like nobody's, that's just a built-in part of the right. game we're playing. But, the, but I think one of the key points of what that where that comes from is also it ties in to other parts of nature. Mm. He brought in a, an analogy with musicians. Mm. It's like the 20 per, top 20, 10% of musicians Pre- get Prato's law, it's called. Prato's law. And that goes with things outside of anything that has to do with typical economics mm. as well. YouTube and content creators. YouTube content creators. Some of creators. us are better than others with connecting with our audience. Oh, thanks, Richard. I really uh, appreciate you're it. You're very welcome. <laughs> Pierre, very welcome indeed. <laughs> and, and therefore, you, you win that game with likes and follows, and you would hope with financial remuneration as, as well. Yeah. But everybody can't win at the same level. Because, well... How <laughs> you'd have to force that, and, and and it's is this controversial to say that some people just like to work harder than others? How fucking dare you! I know. <laughs> some people. It's not because pe- there's no listen, Pierre. Let me explain to you something because you're speaking from the patriarchy. Uh-huh. There's no such thing as individual will. There's only systems of domination and power. And if somebody has less than somebody else. That's because the person who has more stole it from them criminally. Mm. Not because that person worked harder. That doesn't exist. That's a myth created by this system of power that we're enslaved by. I do like to educate. Mm, Thank you for educating me. (laughs) I was thinking, like, because of this whole money situation, I've been looking at other forums and doing that Bitcoin research, which, I don't know, I'll think about it. Maybe dip my finger in it, just why not? But I was thinking, like, what objects or what things would actually hold value perhaps some silver and gold but what are you going to do with a block of gold you know what i mean in a practical sense and i was actually thinking the first thing was iphones smartphones people would are always wanting smartphones and iphones and i think that's one thing that'll actually maintain a bit of value an iphone oh you mean the tracking device that lets the government know exactly where you are what you like what you're doing what you're wanking over and what you're focused on every second of the day yes 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 they they can have those which further which further (laughs) let them fight over the best tracking devices yes (laughs) it's like fighting over the in the slave camp you fight over the best shackles you want the biggest which further proves the point Mm. right so the thing that would have value are things that would actually benefit people that would want to surveil you even more too. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's where you shift the value uh, within the masses. You say, this is the thing that you should want, kids. This is what makes you cool. Yeah. Having money isn't cool. Having money is sh- Having money makes you a greedy capitalist pig and they're all criminals and psychopaths. Hmm. Not hardworking folk. It's all theft. What? So in your mind, if things did go that way, what would maintain value that you could actually trade for some sort of something? Well, I mean, if you were trading outside of the system, it's worth noting that that would make you a criminal according to the system. And if you got caught doing it, you could be switched off by the central bank. Like, yeah, but if they didn't know, though. If they didn't know. So on the black market, what would retain... Um, Besides drugs and all that 
obvious yeah, trip. immediate immediate pleasure of of the body i suppose um there would be retro status symbols probably which was that? well rolexes okay but they it, it couldn't they couldn't possibly maintain value or luxury watches or luxury cars they would have you could only own them and enjoy them not as a retro object to be enjoyed you would only own them and enjoy them by enjoying them retroly okay what the hell are you saying what so, is that so you're so what you what you, if you if you had a lot you would say um you would give away what you had to show that you could but there would be no there would the sense of the watch the shiny watch having value itself would be eradicated hmm. you would be uh so you'd, you'd be burning money it's the same thing as going online and burning money and going haha i can burn money it would be a, it okay. would be a, a defiant act not so much i love the shiny thing hmm. it would be ha look what i can what i can do is what people used to do with money how cool is that hmm. so you but you'd be doing it for social points you wouldn't be doing it for anything else and i, I, I and i do think we probably are moving slowly towards the uh, is it what do they call it in china the social credit score yeah yeah i mean slowly. technically the closest thing to that is just followers in general how many likes and followers you have that's social credit that's literally by definition social credit absolutely and you can be punished you can be cancelled deplatformed and whatever so yeah it is it is social credit it is social credit but other uh, if anybody has any ideas what items physical items to answer Pierre's question yeah so have value please tell us we had like sugars lighters batteries candles land water um, hemp seeds hmm always makes me laugh when preppers go on about keeping gold like put your yeah. money in gold and I'm like so in the apocalypse when everybody's dead except for the last 5% of people the fuck am I supposed to do with a bar of gold I could beat an enemy to death with it I could use it as a door jam to like, keep the raping hordes out maybe. the gold works three, two or three steps above that stage of the zombie apocalypse. So right. two or three stages above zombie, and then yeah. below that is like, what are you gonna do with gold? At a certain point, toilet paper must become, as we slide down that scale, <laughs> toilet paper Toilet paper must have more value than, than gold. I remember they said in uh, Sarajevo, there's a tour, well, there's multiple tours you can do in Sarajevo of the war, and they'll tell you what happened there. They said cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, that was a prison currency. thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that would make sense. Maybe alcohol too. Alcohol, actually, that would be good because mm -hmm. that doubles up as like an antiseptic too. Which, again, is a prison thing. So we're yeah, basically living in... Yeah, yeah, so we're, we, we are all living in prison. We can't, <laughs> we can't leave our fucking place. So. Hooch, hooch and ciggies. That's that's going to be the like, thing. Stuck in your place, working out with resistance bands and, and weights in, in a one-bedroom studio mm -hmm. and just staring at one form of entertainment all day mm -hmm. with the state-owned everything. People will probably have more sex. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else is there to do? Mm. But then you can get shamed for that too. So, for having sex, Covida. Oh, oh, because you're meeting. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think the British government tried to ban it. Or you have to wear. Done that rightly. They should stop rotting, you bloody perverts. You have to wear a mask to flip. Well, I had to anyway. <laughs> There's no change for me. I can't come without the mask. <laughs> There's a zipper right here. Yeah. <laughs> no eye holes. Yeah. 
you go and have sex without a mask, yeah. I'm like, yes. <laughs> of obs. <laughs> well, Deviant has sex without a mask on. You bloody weirdos. Put your mask on. And that's what they pulled out of the TSA checkpoint. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your mask, sir? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, it's a, it's a strange, brave new world that we'll be moving towards. Very strange. So, but is it how how much different how much different is this state that you're in now compared to when it first hit i'm i'm like what i mean i'm at, at the point of acceptance right now i'm like i'm not reactive to it which shows that the strategy is working yeah i'm right. not i'm not ta- i mean i remember well oddly enough i was shooting for david ike when it when it when the lockdown oh, happened shit. i was actually there working for david no Icke doing, way doing a series about propaganda and governmental control and and how governments narcissistically abuse their people and it was a three-day shoot and on day two the hard lockdown started so uh, it was a weird thing so when it first happened um i was terrified really 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 uh, very very frightened uh, um and now i just think oh god just get on with it then for fuck's sake let me go back to the gym yeah Take my money then, you pricks. Yeah. Just fuck off. Right, right. <laughs> Which shows that I've gone into submission. I, yeah. That's like uh, learned helplessness. And because people will be saying, "Oh, aren't you going to protest?" And I'm like, "For what? For what?" I worked with the British riot police well, for you years. Did. I know exactly what they're going to do, and they know exactly what they're going to do. It's like putting your hand inside of a mouse, a well-oiled mouse trap. If anything, technically, you've actually tried and and have done more than most others, because you are already you've already been in that world to see what it is, and you've done work against yeah. it too. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, in some ways. In some ways, that's a nice. I'll tell myself that story. I like that story, Pierre. I've done more. You're welcome. More than most. Well, I mean, like, what are you gonna do? Go to fucking Walmart with an anti-mask protest? Like, I mean, how many TikToks have you seen of that? And is that really doing anything? There is. There is a something here, which is that if everybody said we're not doing this. For sure, it would stop. But that that goes with anything. The world wouldn't fucking climate change right. or plastic in the ocean if right. everyone yeah. did it. That's yeah. like the worst which argument, is, which, is, dude. which is like saying it's basically the same as saying if things were different, then things would be different. <laughs> Bravo! If we all didn't exist, we wouldn't go through any of this. <laughs> what what great deep philosophical fucking insight that is. Thanks, you fourteen year old dope. Things are different, they'd be different. Well done. Bravo, bravo. Please, please tell that, us more, that, oh, wise one. But that argument goes for every everything. single thing. If everything. everyone just did this, then we... Everything. The, it goes with veganism, no fat, prawn, mm. ocean, plastics in the ocean, whatever else, man. Whatever whatever we as human beings discuss, and this is where you were asking me about the, the Spartan Life Coach channel that talking about narcissism, whether it's politics, psychology, philosophy, bloody grocery shopping, music, we are, as humans, blind to this factor called human nature. And mm-hmm. it's like we want to, we like, we talk about subjects as though we aren't a factor in the subject. I know, right? Like, yeah. cars and groceries don't exist without people. It's people that make these things happen. But we're like, oh, it's happening to me. Yeah. The conservatives are doing this to me. The liberals are... It's people. Yeah. It's just people. And yeah. guess what? You're a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Revelations. I'm just spewing them this evening. 
No, yeah, for real, man. It's uh, I'm definitely at the point of submission, but I'm doing what I can in the meantime. And it's like, there isn't. I mean, what? I mean, what? What other option is there? Apparently, you have a lot of protests here. The Czechs are protesting really? a lot. They're apparently. protesting. Okay. Rebelling well, okay, a lot. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, and if it does work, then good on the Czech people and whoever else that is protesting. <laughs> you know, maybe I should be doing a bit more. I don't know. Perhaps I'm a bit too nihilistic for these things. But if I, I can, know. if I can figure out a thing to do, I'll I'll tell you about it, and we'll give it a go. So yeah, a thousand Czechs turned up with a coffin for for Babish outside of his house. What? Yeah, dude, that's straight up like the defenestration days yeah, in yeah. Prague, man. There's a, there's a old medieval Czech pastime of throwing politicians out the castle window if they didn't like them. So defenestration. Yes, we're getting back to our roots. That's that foundation, cultural foundation. I was talking about, Absolutely. man. Also, of all the countries I've been to in the last three months, this one's wearing the least masks. Yeah, Czech people are not walking around in freezing cold temperatures. They're distancing, mm. um, but they're not. It, I'm not an anti-masker, and I'm not a person who th- who's saying COVID isn't isn't a real thing. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but we do have to still use science. And when people when it's freezing cold and you're not coughing and sneezing and you're walking up a cold road on your own, you don't have to wear a mask because the yeah, air. Sure. Isn't so so then here's the counter argument that they the big they will say is that the cases keep rising back up here every time they lessen the regulations. Mm-hmm. But actually, technically, we are in the stage five until January 22nd, and the cases like tripled or some crazy shit. Which is the counter argument: lockdowns do nothing. And if you look at the countries that have had really harsh lockdowns, what's the country in uh, Southern America that's had? LA. LA's had brutal lockdowns. Yeah, I think it's. I, I think it's Peru, somebody will correct me in the comments, had absolutely brutal draconian lockdown laws and it made no difference whatsoever. Yeah, so, yeah, man. Um, I don't think I'm going to publicly state or maybe publicly be involved in any way or be involved in the defenestration or putting caskets in front of presidents. But also in America, they I think Nancy Pelosi, you hear that name in political circles all the time. Somebody left a pig head in front of her garage and tagged her garage door. Wow. So it's it's going it's going back to the well, medieval times, baby. Well, we, we will for sure in 2021, we're going to see more civil unrest. I mean, you just can't um, you can't do this to people and not expect them to push back. And uh, I think even the most authoritarian voices that I've heard from and friends of mine included from day one are shifting they're like okay Mm. this doesn't really seem to make um, an awful lot of sense which is that's preempting the uh, the the hateful comments here my point from day one was never um, this isn't a real thing Uh, I suspect that I had it I think I got it February 1st when I was sedated and operated on in the hospital I think I caught it it does the response, is the response uh, justified by the threat or is it disproportionate to the threat? And I would say it seems to me to be disproportionate to the threat. And that's why I conclude you know, that this isn't about a biological issue, but an economic issue. I keep my finger on the pulsing throbbing. appendage, throbbing mm. appendage Damn. of the cultural narrative. Mm. And I can't say... And I can say this this bulbous appendage is telling me 
that collectively a lot of people are unconsciously becoming more skeptical even if they will verbally say of the whatever idea that they think collectively a lot of people are becoming more skeptical whether they even realize it or not mm. and it sounds like i'm just going off some fucking woohoo shit but it but from the amount of how convicted people were before on mm. social media compared to now mm. is very different very different uh yeah i think uh i think there's a strong case to be made for that i like I, i've made the point here on tentacle cross on a number of times like i've yet to come across an official who didn't tell me to quarantine or didn't take my tracking location form without this sort of knowing smirk hmm. all all passport control all immigration people every country i've been to have been like we have to you know, it's not me i don't believe this but this hmm. is what and you know that's the the Slavoj Žižek with Santa Claus thing. The kids don't believe Santa Claus is real. The parents aren't insane. They know they're the ones, even the present. So who are we doing it for? We do yes. it for the other. But nobody wants to be the first one to say, I, 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 don't, I don't think this makes much sense right now. Mm -hmm. Because, well, as I said in the beginning, I've not seen from my government, historically, this huge amount of care for the sick and the elderly and... We can't let grandma die. I didn't, just didn't get that sort of impression from them. But now it's priority number bloody one. Mm -hmm. Don't let the sick or the elderly die. And I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying let the sick and the elderly die. I'm saying I didn't see them do that before now. The attitude shift is a little odd to me. A little su suddenly they really care. The first person to receive the vaccine in the United Kingdom, this was shown on television, was an 83-year-old man. On a dialysis machine. At least it's getting out there, right, Richard? At least it's getting out there, yeah. And uh, of course, I'm sure you saw I sent it to you the vaccination demonstration on the nurse. <laughs> oh, that's you vaccinated then. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's what stopped COVID? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just walked. It's like kids in a playground playing doctors and nurses. We all just went up to each other and gone, vaccinate. No, you didn't get me. I vaccinate you. You didn't get me. I think you, I think you need to fill it up with something first. Doesn't it need to have something in the syringe? Yeah. Okay. If, <laughs> I can't look it up now, but if you guys want to talk, see what we're talking about, look up uh, empty syringe news. There was, a, there was footage on some local news station about a nurse that works for this hospital that was publicly getting vaccinated there was five nurses and one of them the nurse literally has an empty syringe with the plunger pushed all the way down so it's not even like pretend up it's all the way down and they just stabs the dude in the arm <laughs> did you see the comment this said i just watched someone get stabbed yes <laughs> that's literally it you just literally I'm, I'm not a medical professional, but I have delivered many injections whilst in the security industry and taken them. And I'm pretty sure you need two things, content in the syringe and then to depress the plunger. Neither things were present. <laughs> Neither. Listen, <laughs> a lot of people could take what I'm bringing up in this topic out of context or steer it in their own way. I'm not even trying to say I'm completely anti-vax or pro-vax or whatever. What I'm trying to say is that I am not gonna get my fucking arm stabbed by some idiot that just wants to press a needle through my arm for no reason. If if you are pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, if it's a working vaccine, sure, that's great. 
But if that's the type of people that would be injecting us, considering that's on TV, what the fuck happens behind closed doors? That's on public news, dude. That's like, what the fuck is that? That's a big mistake regardless of what your viewpoint is. You're you're supposed to have a nurse that knows what the fuck they're doing. I'm pretty sure in the first three classes of nursing school, you should know that you can't just stab somebody with a needle for no reason. Well, there's the placebo effect and voodoo, of course, if you believe. Do imagine you start levitating. Like, <laughs> just... <laughs> I um in order to get into Holland, I uh, I had to present with a negative PCR, and uh, one reason or another, I, I I ran out of time, so I had to pay like a premium to get a really quick test done. So I went uh, to Beverly Hills, right off Rodeo Drive. There's an underground car park you can drive into. Okay. And you give them a lot of money, and they will give you a test. Um, and it was to be a nasal swab, which I've heard. You know, I've seen the pictures. I've seen the X-ray. It's supposed to go down into your throat. So this uh, lady in uh, the hazmat sort of overalls came up to her and said, I'm going to do the nasal swab. And I was like, okay, you can take this. Mm. And she just dibbled one nostril. And then she dibbled the other. She might have gone half an inch, an inch in. Mm. Pulled you wanted out. deeper, huh? I wanted it all the way in, sir. <laughs> and then she said, okay, that's that's done. And um, I got my test result back and it was, it was negative. So... Dude, it's just like everybody just wants to penetrate us, huh? I feel very much like this is a penetration-focused scheme. Dude, literally through the nose, through the arm through for the no arm. reason, through your minds, through your eyes. It's just everywhere you turn is just a giant stick just jamming in somewhere, you know? God, what a wonderful time to be alive. Yeah, think about it, guys. <laughs> Big Daddy is forcing you to take it. <laughs> I'm being domed by my government. How wonderful. <laughs> Perhaps we could have the lads from Dutch Immigration help me out. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I miss you, man. I'm glad you're back in town. <laughs> oh, any, any remarks that you guys want to ask us, say? Any comments about penetrating conversations, wrong holes, um, whatever else? Um... There's a question that came through from Beatrice. She asked, uh, Richard, what made you uh, realize and, and want to stop making uh, narcissism videos? Um, <clears throat> if I wasn't clear enough in the, in the video that, that I made, um, and, and, and I probably wasn't, I, I have known for a while, and I mean a couple of years, that a good number of people are, are just using the videos in the wrong way. And... Um, that it, it makes them sicker. And then different things happened recently where, I think we mentioned this in, a, in another tentacle class one, where I'm having a weirdly high spike of uh, people uh, f who are coming after me um, who are probably erotomaniacs. They, they believe that I've been talking to them through the videos, that the videos have codes. Is that, is that the term, er erotomania? Erotomania, yeah, that's a... Interesting. Most stalkers are erotomaniacs. So they, they internalize the object. They're like, well, Madonna's song released yeah, on yeah. this date, that was my ex-boyfriend's birthday. Yeah. And the third line of the first verse, she mentions me by name, and it's actually like two words. To, so so that they're... They'll find meaning, external meaning. It's, mm. it's, it's a kind of psychosis. But I've had 
I, I, I usually would get one every three to six months. And it's been scary in the past. I've had people come up to me at seminars. There's a story I told about a seminar where I thought I was going to get shot. Um, there's a woman reaching into a bag at the end of the seminar with her eyes rolling in her head going, there's something I have to show you that will stop time. And I was like, she's going to try and kill me. Uh, she actually had a, she'd drawn diagrams of, from a dream that she had where me and her had sex in a jacuzzi and I taught her in the dream how to stop time. She had diagrams of it. Okay. And she was like, can I show you these diagrams? And I was like, you can, but for legal reasons, we should do this with other, because she, she wasted the end. I was on my own. We have to do this in front of other people. So I walked her to where the reception, it was a, in a Hilton, where the security, I was legitimately scared. I, I was like, oh, I fuck, was, I would I was be like, Jesus Christ, man. You know, all the training in the world isn't going to stop me from somebody popping me with a, with a 45 yeah, yeah, yeah. at two meters away. You're like, that's it, you're done. Um, and and then there was, in, there was a couple of incidents when I publicly announced the office that I had in Liverpool, the Liverpool Science Park, we had a few incidents with people showing up there. So it usually would happen once every three to six months. Right now, there's six different people doing it at the same time. Why do you think that is? Just the times? I think it's I think it's the times we're going through. I think people feel very, very untethered. So they're looking to tether to something that they see as having meaning and order to make the Jordan Peterson point, a Petersonian point. In some people's lives, I represent order. I represent something. Well, you do, meaning. for sure. For sure you do. Yeah. I'm yeah. phallic. Yes, nice the super thick. phallic. I've got girth. Penetrative. Penetrative. I penetrate yes. them. And um, something that only occurred to me in the last few months, based on the emails I was getting, people would say, people would say, I met you last night. You told me in bed. And I was like, what do they mean? Mm. But people, we take these things and we watch them in bed. It's really intimate. So we've got this one man or woman's voice and they're looking into the camera. So it feels like they're looking at you. And so basically, I just I just started to think, okay, when somebody accuses me of something, because the accusations they made, yes, they're wild and they're crazy, but I did feel bad. And I'm like, well, why do I feel bad? If I was coaching somebody else, I'd say, why do, why do you feel bad? Where's the guilt come from? And I did actually feel guilty about it because I sort of thought, well, not that I'm asking for this, but that would be victim blaming. I'm not asking for this, but... I am aware of the processes that lead people to this point. Right, right. And I know mm -hmm. that a good percentage of the people I'm talking to are really not well. They can't get access to a clinician, which I am not. They can't get help, real mental health help, real, proper mental health help, which YouTube videos can never be. They're not real mental health help, they're guidance. Um, and so I sort of thought, well, this echo chamber of narcissism provokes uh, psychosis, and I think it can lead people over a long enough timeline into psychosis. That goes with a lot of certain niches, especially the political spectrum. Yes. Um, just being in an echo chamber that has extremely emotionally loaded content in general yeah. and repeating those notions can lead to people kind of well, veering off. It depends on the reality you're creating. Like if you're unemployed and you're at home and you have time to consume a lot of this stuff, and say you're on like, pain medication or some medication for an illness you're carrying and then you blame it on a political group or an online persona like I'm here stuck in this shit life because of the liberals because of the conservatives because yeah. of the libertarians because of the whatever politically speaking then it becomes the political really is personal like this is happening to me oh yeah you are directly involved in yeah. the the discourse the conflict yep 
the the actual conversation that's happening yeah. which is which is um sorry to then flip it on it's that that's narcissism you put yourself in the center stage you're like i'm part of ronald reagan's talking to me right he's yeah. talking about my life i'm you know i'm a paying tax i'm a taxpayer i'm a voter so so you shove yourself center stage so there's a narcissistic element to this where you you people are riddled with ideas of reference they think somebody's tell, given them the weather forecast for la but they think it's an encoded message to them these are ideas of reference it's it's born of narcissism is it my fault no but am i and have i been historically for the last seven years careful not to induce that no because I didn't even know but it was a thing until about three years ago. I was going to bring that up, actually. I think it's a, that, that stage of internet maturation or deep into the BDSM mm -hmm. uh, dynamic of social media that we're just learning collectively now. Mm -hmm. we, didn't, we didn't know this was a thing even three years ago. No. You know, we were just... Dude, how could you anyone blame you? You're making YouTube videos, you know what I mean? Right. It's like that's what we think that we're all doing. We're just watching videos and we're just making videos. And no one could have ever expected the shit that you would see in the social dilemma that came out earlier this year. Yeah. That was blindsided. There was no way any of us could have predicted that. How? Yeah, and the social dilemma uh, documentary is a good one. And it presents a really good case for how... <clears throat> just through using social media, you will get radicalized. Things mm -hmm. will polarize. So we've made this point before. It's worth making again. YouTube, as it's gotten more corporate and the money is bigger yeah. and you can make millions and the corporations look at it going, we want a stake there. It's gotten really heavy, man. It used to be a place where you could just spitball crazy ideas. So now people are coming along and judging me by 2020 standards. They're looking at videos from 2014 and going, the fuck are you doing? This is a serious mental health issue. These people are victims. Yeah. And you're adding witchcraft and tarot to the before <laughs> before I forget uh that you bring up such a good point that I just realized right now about this whole situation. When YouTube first started in social media, mm. when someone was just spewing ideas or whatever, whether they're good or bad, mm. it was always amongst the viewer to be like, "Oh, he's crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is crazy." Mm -hmm. Yeah, just cat video whatever. Mm -hmm. But now it's always blamed com entirely on the creator mm -hmm. you have a responsibility mm -hmm. to when you're saying these ideas are you not sh realizing mm -hmm. that you are actually influencing this that mm -hmm. was not a thing when this whole youtube thing video creation thing started it wasn't like that even three years ago so you've got corporatism and wokeism sort of creating yeah. this perfect storm but it's interesting how all of that responsibility just simultaneously just Cheap. shifted purely on the creator where before it was the viewers like nah fuck. which which is a tactic you know it's 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 a tactic that's how you boil somebody and prepare them you prepare the dish for cancellation you heap responsibility on them that's not theirs yeah and then you convince the people around you she has responsibility it's like no she's reading tarot cards for the victims of narcissistic abuse that was cool in 2014 no they're not, these are people are mentally fragile and she knows that. Exactly. And she's getting right. advertising revenue, so she's being paid. Yes. And she's made, and then you, the, so what we do is we go, no responsibility for me, all the responsibility for you. Right. Back to why I want to stop the narcissism videos, it does the same thing. It externalizes the locus of control. Now there's a general tendency in culture to do that anyway. With the narcissism videos, it's just, it's like adding fuel to a fire. It's not my fault. None of this is my fault. I'm blameless. It's all the fault of this thing called the narcissist. And it, it's, it's, I hear it 
bandied, obviously it's my work, so I hear the phrase far too much. I hear it bandied about so much that it's meaningless now. Yeah. It just, now it means there's somebody I don't like. Yeah. It's their fault for why I'm sad. Yeah. That's what it means. So it's, it's shorthand for I'm sad, it's their fault. That's what narcissism means, not to a psychiatrist, because it's a psychiatric term. It's what it means now in modern parlance. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do this. It, yeah. now, now it's irresponsible. Well, now it would, because I, my eyes are wide open. I'm like, this is irresponsible. Well, you, you were catching the visible tipping point of it. And I think when you were first starting this, even a year, even just two years ago, it mm. wasn't like that. And then I think just now it, it's a visible tipping point, especially with the circumstances too. You know, and, and like I've had to learn how to deal with my own platforms throughout the years too mm-hmm. of realizing what is sort of my fault, even mm-hmm. though it's not really my fault. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm the one still creating things. So I have to kind of keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I'll purposely like in, in a digital sense, you know, you had to take your fan to the security room or like mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. in public. Yeah. I purposely don't engage with DMs further than a few words, emojis, mm-hmm. or I don't hold the conversations just because I don't know where that goes nowadays. You and, know? And the more you speak, the more responsibility exactly. you have. I exactly. mean I mean right. being held accountable for refusing to speak. So my, yeah, si- yeah. Right. my silence it's is violence. violence. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're <laughs> I'm like, what's the most responsible thing I can do? You're clearly not well. You're yeah. approaching me not well. I, the only thing I could do is send you a message saying, seek mental help, yeah. seek mental, qualify mental health help. But that's an internet insult. That's, I can say nothing. I can't, I can't say to you, there isn't a non-passive aggressive way of saying to somebody, you need help, go get it. Mm-hmm. It's always passive aggressive. Yeah. So I can say nothing. I just have to say, but even now for saying nothing. Yeah. Th- there, is, um, there is an alternative uh, that I've been thinking of that I wanna float, and I might float this on the channel, um, which is if we'd only ever spoken in terms of emotional abuse and boundary pushing, everybody would be a lot healthier. The problem with narcissism is I'm not qualified, you're not qualified, nobody's qualified to say what it is, and even with, within psychiatry and psychology, it's not an agreed upon term. But And so you'll always be stuck in the loop of needing a qualified person to tell you if it's real or if you're imagining it. The validation. The validation, yeah, which right. is external. You need yeah. an but external if, validation. External yeah, validation, right. which externalizes your locus of control. But had we always said, if we'd said emotional abuse, well, it's pretty easy to identify emotional abuse. Is this loving behavior? No. Is it nasty and bullying? Yes. Okay, we've said it's emotional abuse. And if we talked in terms of boundaries, you wouldn't need a third person to tell you whether it's NPD or Jibobubula. Yeah. whatever the fucking magical word is, you just go, that's my boundary. I don't want you chatting to other women on Facebook or flirting with other guys on whatever the interpersonal relationship argument is. And I think that that probably would have been more useful, even when we're talking family dynamics and parents to children, the narcissistic abuse of parents to children or in work. We should have always have been speaking about emotional abuse and respecting other, other people's boundaries. Narcissism is a fetish. It's it's the it's a fetish, in the um, the Freudian sense. It's an external object imbued with magical power, and that's 
the core that's corrupting everything in the conversation about narcissism. And of course, frauds and charlatans thrive in that environment because it's based on magical thinking. Not that people weren't abused, not that they weren't hurt. I think you've been in authentically what you told me, what would qualify in front of a psychiatrist, I suspect, mm -hmm. as a, yeah. a narcissistic abusive relationship. I think I have been. But so what? Right, right. It doesn't actually fucking yeah. make any difference. Right. The relationship was uncomfortable. You got depressed and upset by and, it. And the thing is, I got my answers, and that's it. And then Done. I moved, like, that's, Done. and then I just went on. So. so then there's that extra layer to all this, which is the culture is moving towards a victim culture. And who can win the oppression Olympics? Who's the biggest victim in the room? And that's another element that's throwing fuel on the fire. Now I hear right-wing voices saying that the term gaslighting is a left, sorry, a wokeist term to use. And I'm like, oh shit, have I helped with that? Have I helped propagate terms like gaslighting? Yeah. You know, and I've been thinking about this, this concept that you brought up first in that video of like, how do we, let's just say, I divide that responsibility between an apparent creator and its consumption because like we it shouldn't be just all on us when we say something you know I mean obviously it's not going to be extremist nonsense like drawing swastikas everywhere but like just you know making content the way you do the way I do and how much responsibility is it really on the creator and how much is it really with the viewers as well because you shouldn't, you shouldn't be unable to say the word gaslighting because now a bunch of people reappropriated the word right. in their own fucking way. So, like, how do we even di like solidify where, where, and what it's supposed to be? So, I think with this one, you just you can't win. Yeah. You just have to not play the game. Right. But it's right. a great question to ask that you've asked, which is, um, how do we pass the responsibility? Is it mine? Is it yours? These are boundary issues. And that's what everybody's struggling with. They're struggling with boundaries. But it's easier to say, no, I'm struggling with narcissism. No, you're struggling with boundaries. Yes, in one reality tunnel, I think I, I, think I could sit with qualified mental health professionals, tell them what happened, and they would say, yes, Richard, you get the mark, the stamp that says you were actually the victim of narcissistic abuse. But so what? I had weak boundaries then. And until I deal with my boundary issues, not that girl or this girl's boundary issue. She just pushed it as far as she could. But it, people say this is victim blaming. It wasn't my fault, but functionally in the system, if I want that to stop, yeah, which I okay. do, yeah. I have to deal with my boundary issues. Nobody's gonna do it for me. We're not going to eradicate predators and predatory people from the world. We don't live in Narnia. Okay. So to, to simplify what you just said there, you're basically saying that whether the, where the responsibility is divided, mm. the most practical answer to absolve the situation is for you to just hands off. Because regardless, even though it's not technically all your responsibility that other people are re-diverting your content to their own mm. toxic means, mm. the most practical notion, even if it is your fault or not, is to just take your foot off the gas. Oh, so again, um, the so before you said we've got to pass, uh, the job is to pass where the responsibility is. Perfect question. There's another really good question, which was not one you said, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refine what you said. Is it better to look at whose responsibility it is 
Or is it better to look at what works? Yes. There you that's go. what I wanted to there say. There you go. Yes. Now, exactly. that's, that's a question we can ask about narcissism, abusive relationships, and where culture is up to now. Right. We're obsessed with blame. We're obsessed with responsibility and heaping it on other people. And we're f- we, the collective, seems to be fighting like hell to absolve themselves of all responsibility. Yeah, but what actually works? Yeah, what is, works? Is, is the a, question. Is a much better question. So, uh, on, a video, on that video, I was accused of victim blaming. And I answered a few people and I said, so... If I say to people there's something you can do to not get hurt, you're telling me that's victim blaming. That means that in principle, you should hate people who teach self-defense classes because the self-defense class is effectively preemptive victim blaming. You should hate standing armies. You should hate and be opposed to the idea that if somebody has nuclear weapons pointed at our country, we have weapons that shoot them out the sky because you're utopians who believe in Narnia. If everyone just did it. <laughs> if everybody just put the weapons down and be- was nice to each other, we wouldn't need this, Pierre. If everyone was just perfect, they would be perfect. If everyone was perfect, they would be perfect. And there is another really key point, which is purity and perfection. And I wanted to say this to you before, as far as content is, is concerned, if you go along this line, your content is never pure enough. It can't be. So you keep cleaning your content and clean it. I'm going to take out all the ableism. I'm going to take out all the assumptions. I'm going to take out every shred of prejudice. Okay, so now you have completely boring, totally um, anesthetized content. And that's exactly what a hypothetical fascist communistic environment is with gray concrete panelocks and state government housing where everything looks the same. And that's what the content will look like if we further down this route. So when people talk about post-humanism, this is one, I would say, this is one of the symptoms of it, is you drain the humanity because the imperfection is what is makes people human. Like yes. your imperfections are the grit and the bumps is what's funny, is what's endearing, is, is, is what makes us human. And nobody's pure enough. Back to the narcissism thing, let him without sin cast the first stone. So, so you're completely pure of narcissism, are you? You have no narcissism. You were never mean in an argument. You never gaslit anybody. You never love-bombed anybody. Because I look at some of these things and I'm like, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, love-bombing is what people... Yeah, and it's not even intentional. <laughs> it's it's not, not conscious. It's, it's not necessarily, you know, yeah. and now, you know, people split up with each other and they don't talk to each other anymore. Oh, it's a discard. I'm like, really? Yeah, 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 did, yeah, yeah. You, did you just split up? You know, and to further down this route of existential nihilism here, uh, when you previously would consistently warn, you and your crazy conspiracy warnings that somehow actually become true months down the line, then let me tell you, yours was you believed that the psychological space, the psychology space would start getting attacked. Yeah. And it's you have to be careful with your channel. And let me tell you, I just released a video recently, and it covers this girl, Eugenia Cooney, with eating disorder, hot button topic right now. Mm -hmm. And where this ties in, I originally wanted to make that video about the psychologist Mm -hmm. that talks to her, but I just kind of was like, that's not the message I'm trying to get across. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about boundaries instead. So what happened is this YouTube psychologist ended up talking to... Uh, Eugenia, the girl with the eating disorder, she mm-hmm. was in a documentary with Shane Dawson too, you remember him. Mm-hmm. And basically, people are attacking the psychologist now for a multitude of reasons. 
One of them was she, uh, Eugenia just came out of rehab and she invited her to her show, to her psych pod, psychology podcast a month in and that's not enough time to recover so we can't, she shouldn't have been, she should have been more wary of it. Mm. Another one was, oh, when she was, the psychologist was listening to her, she kept nodding, so she was enabling. <laughs> Wonderful, I love that. I love that. So yeah. So like uh, your offer of help to somebody in distress was patronizing yes. and ableist because you were saying that in the power dynamic you were more powerful than them. Fuck you, yeah. you evil narcissist. So I mean, I was like, I'm never shaking my head or never nodding my head yes to if you're doing it right now. Yeah, so yeah. you're enabling yeah. me. I'm enabling you. And like, and the I want to help you because I'm yeah. I'm just evil like that. The, the argument was like the <laughs> Eugenia was actually lying about hanging out with friends. So as the psychologist is nodding, they they were angry at the psychologist for not further questioning that thing. Mm. And it's like, you're supposed to just question. Like, if you told me you you went to the gym with a friend the other day, mm. are you sure? <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> you know. So at this point, I'm 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 literally neutrally trying to just observe what the psychologist did wrong. Mm. And here's the thing. If you're going to a psychologist and they're lecturing you how to live your life word by word, they're not a psychologist. <laughs> they're yeah. supposed to guide you in a neutral form, not not like not priests. Yeah. And and even, even priests aren't trained to. It's like what do you expect do this this poor fucking lady to do? <laughs> no, no, no nodding, no facial expressions, you know, and you have to say you should start eating more. Like, dude, what? <laughs> if she if she didn't nod and she had no facial expressions, they would accuse her of uh, withholding and being aloof. Yes. So you can't win. Now, people say that I sound like a right-wing conspiracy theorist when I talk about communism. Let me say this again. Nobody will ever be pure enough. We will all fail the orthodoxy test. This is... In fact, this is what happens in the late stages of, of communism before it inevitably collapses. Look at the Khmer Rouge. In the end, nobody was pure of the crime of being a bourgeois yeah. intellectual. They just they, It's a snake that eats its own tail or disappears up its own arsehole, whichever metaphor you prefer the most. Because everybody fails the purity test because nobody's perfecto, kids. Mm -hmm. Everyone. The people who are... In the firing squad, the judge, jury, and executioner today, they will be guilty of tomorrow's crimes because the goalposts have to shift. Right. It's a slippery slope. Yes, exactly. And to bring it back to the situation, the biggest twist of irony is that people were first really angry at Eugenia for not getting help and no one going to help her. Now that there is an actual psychologist with credentials, that goes to see her in person. That's nice. That's wrong. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. So again, to further back your point, everyone will fail the giant pop quiz of culture. You will always have the wrong answer. Is there, is there in mean terms, an internet speak? Is there is there an equivalent of a female edge lord? Um. Yeah, female edge. Uh, there, there is. There, I'd just like to point out. I've seen in the psychology spaces there are girls, usually from privileged backgrounds, probably edge. They may even have psychology degrees. They claim ownership of mental health issues, and then they defend it like it's a territory. 
and it's their identity. This is not healthy, and it doesn't help people to recover. Yeah. That that shows that the, the the primary focus is not helping people recover, but in defending an identity when you're making accusations like this. And I've seen. I'm not saying it's all girls that do it, but I have seen girls of a certain age, a certain background, a certain class. They defend this territory vociferously online. Mm-hmm. It's like if they've been diagnosed with an eating disorder, that's theirs. You don't get to talk about it. They're diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. That's theirs. You don't get to talk about it. What's the point? Right. Like, what are you trying to do? Part of all of this is we lack a struggle. And yep. we're all like people yep. are middle, middle class, privileged people feel guilty because they know they've been given yeah. too much and that their brothers and sisters and humanity yeah. are suffering as a direct result and they want to struggle. Right. And another layer with all that, which ties into personal experiences with you and me on our platforms too, is uh, the argument. I'm literally watching this commentary video for like, what is it that the psychologist did wrong? Another one was this YouTuber put out like a 17 minute long hit piece on her. Mm. And then the psychologist copyright striked it. Right. No. You can't copyright strike another video using your own content and basically smearing you oh yeah you're not you're not allowed on youtube to stop smear campaigns if they use your image or they use your name like i have videos out now saying that i'm a a sexual predator yeah and i've complained multiple times to youtube and that they're like well yes and the argument allowed the argument is from the video that i watched was like you know if I'm making YouTube content and I'm doing something wrong. I would allow criticism, not just copyright strike. And I think it's really irresponsible that, you know, the copyright strike, the video that criticizes you and da, 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 da. And I know for a goddamn fact, if I was thinking, I'm going to make a hit piece on that person right now. <laughs> and, and, and like, see how I, they respond. Yeah, and I will do it hard, you know, just to, just to say, say like, okay, yeah. Are you fine with this being this cool? out there? Is yeah. this cool to you now? Mm. Because a lot of these whatever commentary channels i mean i'm considered one too they don't really get the thing to them yeah and they're thinking that you you're supposed to allow every criticism to everyone and some and i'm going to say some people do deserve the criticism because sometimes it is true and some people have done some fucked up shit there are actual youtubers that are really terrible people but at the same time it's like are we all just expected to just sit and take it just well, you you can criticize somebody without falling to logical fallacy, and that's why you know I have fallings out with people online, and I'll I'll delete their comments, and they'll say this is against freedom of speech, and I'll be like, listen, if you don't want to get deleted, criticize me without logical fallacy. The two biggest ones that everybody uses are ad hominem. You start criticizing the person's character instead of what they've actually done or said. That's a logical fallacy. It's outside the rules of debate. It's outside the rules of criticism. And the other one is straw man. You're telling me I'm saying things that I've never said and never would say. That's trolling. That's not a legitimate criticism. You've got to clean up uh, how you how you do these things. And I, I honestly don't know that YouTube, I wouldn't encourage people to make hit pieces on each other and criticize each other on YouTube. I don't think it's a useful thing to be doing. If it's mental health and we want to help people, let's focus on helping people. What's the point in saying, oh, this psychologist sucks, this life coach said this, like, who are you helping? The only thing you're doing is training people to consume more toxic content. And you're, yes, they want that and they are enjoying it in a way, but you're not 
You're not doing any good in the world. You're not raising the vibration by doing that. You're just being a little bitch. A little bitch. But yeah, man, you dipped out of the psychology space before they the Gestapo tried to get to it's you. Gonna get, it's going to get nasty. It's, yeah. You know what? With uh, wokeism and cancel culture, it won't just be online. Psychology as a as a, um, a way of yeah, getting things well, done. Yeah, they're, will, shift, they're shifting some terms around. and you're not it, will be, it will be eradicated. Psychology itself will be a snake that eats its own tail. Psychology, not soon, but within our lifetimes, will either be eradicated or will be significantly changed. Significantly changed. That's it, man. So how are you feeling? You checking the time? You got to go? You got to do some questions? How are you feeling? Uh, let's, take, let's take a couple of questions. I have a supermarket delivery at, uh, in about 20 minutes. Hell yeah. So if you guys got questions, um, type in. And then uh, if you have some commentary, do that too. I got to go pee again. I've been, I've been hydrating, man. I got this giant water bottle. Look at that. He loves pee. Yo, I love pee, man. You know what's crazy? It's like I, was, I would like limit my water bottle choices to the ones that keep it cold or hot. And I went to an analog water bottle. And it's great. It's an analog it's big. It's, it is big. <laughs> Ask some questions. Goodbye. <laughs> Make them one sentence long. Have them end in a question mark. Before you know it, you're probably answering your own questions. Uh, how will... The question, says Alexandra, how will psychology change? Um, it, psychology... Um, if, you, if you look at psychology... If you look at what psychology is and what it does, it's so anti-wokeism, even though the culture of psychology tends to be liberal uh, and psychologists tend to be woke themselves, the actual process is anti-woke. To give you the quickest way of saying this, there's a, um, there's a woman online, uh, I'd, I'd love to interview her sometime. Her name is Helen Pluckrose. Helen Pluck, Pluckrose. Um, she does a wonderful speech where she compares CBT to wokeism um, and basically says that they're oppositional ideologies where CBT encourages stoicism, the responsibility of the individual, taking practical action, so on and so forth. It's like an ant antithesis. Because CBT is kind of, I would argue, psychology condensed, CBT is a pretty good culmination middle of the road i don't mean that dismissively it's it's like it's the it's the culmination of what counseling and psychology is generally speaking um it will be it has to be cancelled because it fails the purity test of wokeism in so many ways oh on a podcast i one line really stuck out to me and it's that the field of science and psychology and those fields in general has something to offend everybody. Yeah. And that's why the, that's why that field particularly will be attacked because you will find something that you won't agree with, but that's what the research says. Well, apparently uh, there was a hashtag cancel science trended on, on Twitter this year uh, during the riots. Hashtag cancel science. Nice. Well done, humanity. <laughs> Oh, thanks, uh, moderators, all our moderators. Yeah, thank you for, for the moderators. Out. It's we been a wild that. time. You guys have been working overtime. Do you think Gordon Newfield's ideas about the negative effects on children of the loss of attachment bonds to adults and replacement with peer bonds could be influencing how adults interact? Thanks, Maria. I'm not, I'm not familiar with that work, um, so it would be wrong of me to comment on it without reading it first. What resources do you guys follow to keep your pulse on the truth? Is there a way to know for sure what the truth is right now? Uh, in, in my case, I always 
attempt to go widen my breadth of information. So it's not just one particular person that is subscribed to one particular viewpoint. A lot of the people that I would come across are not known to be extremist in one way or another. When they start throwing too many buzzwords around, I'm done. And and uh, I'll go to find other information. So I, I, I kind of have to weigh it out myself, if that makes sense. What about you? I don't go anymore looking for uh, the truth. The content I would consume would be from people who are clearly practicing critical thinking and trying to stay rational. Yeah. Um, the truth, I mean, it's like in a post-truth era right now. I want to be able to think. I want to be able to come to my own conclusions. So I'll consume material by content makers who are clearly doing that themselves and respect their audience to do that for themselves. I like to be spoken to as an adult. I like to be treated like an adult. Um, so, yeah. And also, in the end, what do you do with that information, whether it's true or not, from now on? Like, I mean, I'm playing video games instead because it's like, I have the information now. Now what? I don't know. Uh, Bobby says, what's the best way to sincerely suggest somebody they would benefit from therapy without breaking boundaries and seeing to Oh, that's a good yourself? question, man. W would you even bother? No. Yeah, you wouldn't even bother. Huh? I, I never, I never have. I never, and people try and start psychology conversations with me who need therapy, and I just, I just, yeah, because that no matter what, there that is boundary breaking, yeah, yeah, it is. And therapy is such an intimate thing, and it's such a big choice for a human being to make in their lives. Um, I don't believe there is a, a, a good way of, of suggesting it. Um, what so, if you just talked about how much it benefited you in like a passive hunting way? Could, would that yeah, work? Yeah, and you could say, I'm going to therapy, I'm doing this and that. Um, some people are never going to go and if they do go they're not going to have the experience that you have it's like when people say to me oh I'm recommending your YouTube channel to my friends and I'm like don't do not do that that won't end mm. well your, your subjective experience of me will not be their subjective experience of me how do you see the political climate shifting I feel uncomfortable with far right counterculture sweeping in far left and right yeah yeah there is there is a it's both a, as people panic yeah. uh, we'll, we'll swing the temptation will be to swing to the extremes. Again, this is externalizing locus of control. We'll abrogate responsibility by joining groups who seem to be doing something for us. And this is the wrong way to go. This is absolutely the wrong way to go. But solutions will be individual. Technically, that's the answer. That That is the, that is the philosophy of if everyone just did it playing out is like join a party because mm. everyone's doing it too. Yeah, yeah. Going with the going with the flow, going with with what everybody else is doing. It's funny. Don't you remember just like ten years ago how politically apathetic everybody was? Yeah, no one gave a fuck. Nobody dude, a fuck. dude, my parents never never thought about politics when I lived in their fucking house for twenty something years, and now they're telling me of what what they've researched or found out. Man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Everything is politicized. Yeah. Uh, this is a good question. Do you watch any spiritual channels? Which one do you recommend or books? Uh, well, I was actually going to suggest today that we talk about spirituality and religion. We, we, we went in another direction. I, I don't consume an awful lot of religious or, or spiritual stuff. Same. Um, Same. But my mind is, is on the subject every day. Um, I actually wrote notes for this session, which we didn't get into. Oh, sh I was really? Gonna, yeah, I was going to say, oh, um, we are religious creatures, behave religiously. I've said in previous tentacle questions, we can't do that because it's a postmodern age and we know it's fake. Do it anyway. 
do it anyway. Do what anyway? Whatever your religious practice might be, pray, meditate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. chant, you right. know, whatever ritual, whatever thing, just act as though you are religious and spiritual personally, individually. You're not going to be one of those people who's going to try and convert others. Leave everybody else alone. But do engage religiously, spiritually in your own life as though you believe. There's mm-hmm. still um, an awful lot of... Um, uh, it's very self-soothing. And that's what these things mm-hmm. replace. We're trying to soothe ourselves with these things. It's funny, when you click them, if you leave the sound on, they make sounds like prayer beads. You know, people have... Oh, yeah. They go click, yeah, funny. click, click, click. Click, click. Interesting. So we should probably put these down and just get some prayer beads. Or you can go my route, which is super unhealthy, and get four monitors and get a gaming laptop. Yeah, all corners. All corners. There was <laughs> there was a good one. Um, is there a way to pursue one's own agenda and not get involved in the current ideology wars while staying socially connected? Ooh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Dep- depends on your agenda, uh, Maria. Depends on what your agenda is. Um, if you have a very clear intent for your agenda, I suspect yes. But in clarifying the intent for your agenda, you might see this. You, you're obviously in a. It sounds sorry. It sounds to me as I'm reading your question, I could be getting it wrong. That you perceive there to be barriers there. As you clarify your intent and purify it, those barriers may dissolve. Find what's fun for you. <laughs> in the meantime, I mean, don't just dive down to the ladder of hedonism but it helps to know what you do for fun because mm-hmm. having fun in these times is actually an essential service if anything mm. very true very true yeah and I, I mean i'm starting to see the real like value of, of that comedy yeah. and fun in, yeah. in these times is like have really fun important, man. do what you love when i'm saying engaging religiously and spiritually it shouldn't be dour it should be life affirming and it should reconnect you with all that is and it should it should feel good. I would want it for 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 you to have a, a good time with it. Have a good time. How do you stay feeling authentic when you can't speak or opinions as people get aggressive? My suggest not suggestion, but the way I look at it is I can still be authentic without sharing a political opinion. You know, that's how I would like to go about it. I can talk about my favorite foods and maybe ask people, you know, what they, how would they ever skydive one day or, you know, some, some, some of the long lines of that. But uh, what about you, man? Um, conversation should be illegal because words are an act of aggression. <laughs> when you speak English, you're speaking the language of colonizers, uh, slave owners, rapists and thieves and empire builders. And to say words is an oppressive act because you're saying that which is. So when you say words and you penetrate somebody's ear with your words, you're kind of psychologically dominating them. So conversation yeah. should be and, banned. And also remember, if you don't say anything, you are also dominating them. Yeah, you're complicit in their abuse by others who are speaking to them. And you not saying anything means that you're just, uh, it's tantamount to you committing the crime yourself. You're just wrong, okay? You, Take it. Just, Take you're wrong. It. There's nothing you can do You'll never be pure. There's no absolution in this new religious system. In the old one, you could do things. You could pray. You could walk on your knees to Bethlehem. They do do this practice in Portugal. They walk on their knees on rocky ground and bleed and beat themselves. And then they'd be pure after all the suffering. No, we don't have that. We just have infinite sin, a boot stamping on a human face. 
forever. This is an interesting one because uh, I think we have very contrasting ideas with this. Do you think philosophy will survive the transhumanist future? Transhumanism is the integration with technology in our human bodies in a technologically infused world. I, I think in a truly transhuman world, philosophy would be uh, redundant. Paulo Adrio says, I'm Portuguese. Where's the place in Portugal that where you can go and you walk on your knees um, as like um, a, a holy mission to, to cleanse yourself? Yeah, transhumanist world, you won't, you won't need uh, philosophy, I don't think. <laughs> I'm already basically transhumanist. The technology is integrated in every part of my life, but it's in a way that is matrix-like. I don't know. I feel like I, I, I'm like plugged in for a purpose. Does that sound weird? It sounds weird. I like it. No, it, it makes sense that you're half in, half out. Yeah. You've let it penetrate you, you've penetrated it, but yeah, just yeah. halfway. It's you're, equal. You're dabbling. Equal penetration. Mm. You're like half cyborg. Yes. Just to let us know what it's like over there. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's, I guess that's how I know where my place is. You know, I feel better sneaking in a thumb drive into the, the back part of everyone's medulla without even seeing it. You know what I mean? You like that? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. <laughs> That thumb drive. It'd be like, and they just get hacked. They don't even know who did it. <laughs> I have the weirdest boner right now. I'm going to play this back later in a hey, dark room on my own. You ain't the only one. <laughs> um, Paolo said uh, Fatima is the place of pilgrimage. Okay. Uh, muito obrigado, Paolo. Muito obrigado. <laughs> like Appreciate a sniper, that. dude. Yep. Like a sniper. With a particularly small rifle. Oh, you want case. so you want to hear my uh, transhumanist idea right now? Mm -hmm. um, I'm making a virtual bar, and oh, it cool. started off unintentionally yesterday. I found a picture of a bar, mm -hmm. and I can put myself behind the bar, mm -hmm. and I got these emojis of beer and stuff. Mm -hmm. And anybody who wants a drink, I can serve them the drink. And now I'm getting an animator. It ha it's happening, guys. I'm getting an animator to illustrate my own virtual bar that's with really, own virtual drinks. That's a cool idea. That's a very <laughs> it's cool idea. fun. Especially during lockdown. That means we can all get together and have a, have ourselves a little virtual drink. But see, that's that's my perspective on the whole transhumanist thing. It's right. like some people can unplug completely, but I'm like, how do I integrate more human elements through this dystopian te technology? And the best way in my head is like, what if we did a conversational thing such as being in a bar like that but it's virtual it won't be the same but it's getting there using technology to promote connectivity interesting is that transhumanism folks Are you using know. transhumanism to to oppose transhuman i'm not sure i don't, I don't sure. know what it is <laughs> gluten free cyber beer um, are you trying to simulate more and more? Well, I guess it's just through necessity at this point. You know, I mean, like, we literally can't go to bars and have just chats and do whatever the hell else. So I'm going to do the next best thing. Um, yum, 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 yum. Ooh, book recommendations. Yes, I have a book that I'm going to give to Pierre by uh, Dan Carlin, who does Hardcore History. And it's called something like "We're Always in the Apocalypse" or "We're Always at the End of the World." Really? Yeah, okay. it's, that it's sounds really, cool. Really, really cool book. Uh, it's nice. I highly recommend it. The other one I'm reading is 
called The Power of When, where you figure out what your chronotype is for eating, sex, sleeping, drinking caffeine, and how you organize your life. Both excellent books I highly recommend. To close it out, did you know, did, I, did we talk about this in the last one? I don't know, but Rogan posted an image of an article that in Trump's COVID-19 bill, there's a 180-day UFO exclosure uh, disclosure clause. Oh, you you mentioned this in the in, in the last episode. Yeah, we, we talked about this. Oh shit. Okay, we already talked Are about we, it. Does do you think that we're on the verge of a uh, of full disclosure of of aliens? Dude, we dude, we've had a whole hour of this. I don't know why I forgot. But I mean, it's way more entertaining to think that that's the reason for everything. So we're bloody deprived of meaning at the moment, aren't we? That would be nice. I'll hail know? the aliens, man. I think being Our told, new gods. Yeah, we're an Anunnaki experiment gone wrong. We'd be like, oh, thank God. It's just that these makes, I mean, does that make sense? I mean, it would at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would give like a full full Gnostic uh, uh, reasoning to, to life on, on Earth and why it plays out the way it does. Or anything, anything would be better than zero story just sitting inside watching aggressively <laughs> shitty Netflix shows <laughs> I, did you ever watch Orange is the New Black uh, I know of it but I haven't seen it no. oh dear me it got good? through three series really liked it got onto series four and I was like what are they doing it's like they're deconstructing everything that was good about this program poop it's all a load of poopity poop, poop that's what happens with all of them though Starts out good though. It's worth, it's, it's worth a go. Did Orange you did you get did you check out uh, Altered Carbon at all, or was that not for you? Uh, I think I, I think I watched the first season. Oh, I, cool, I like uh, that chap, the uh, main actor. Main yeah, actor? yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's great. I like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hot. It's good, man. <laughs> he looked like that Dutch guy, huh? He looked like that Dutch guy, all tall. He's still thinking about him. You can go fly to Amsterdam. Again. I think he's Swedish. I think I can get what I want either in Sweden or okay. in Holland. Good to know, man. Good luck if you're getting there. What a great thing to close this whole fucking thing off. Can we finish off on one more question? Oh, I'll finish off. Oh, oh my yeah. Jesus. There it is. <laughs> is it possible that a new world religion can emerge or would old ones gain more importance? Ooh. Oh. I mean, we certainly need one. Yeah. I don't think we can naively do religion anymore. I think if a new political party came out, it could be followed with religious zeal. But the new political, say it was the Jordan Peterson party, and you had daily, you need you need daily disciplines and daily practices for it to effectively function as a as a religion. It needs its own words, its own way of doing things, and a full ideology. He could he could form a kind of a church of bed making responsibility mm-hmm. takers. Yeah, the Jordan Peterson thing is like a practical religion, right? Um, and the new age shit, that thing's bigger than ever. You know, you just replace God with the universe, you get the same thing. I do, I do think we need religion. I do think there's a spirituality-shaped hole in all of our lives. And I think that we should just embrace that. Don't wait for somebody else to create it. Make your own religion that's as unique to you as your own thumbprint. And, and live religiously. Re- get out of culture. Get out of the flow. There is a flow pushing you hard in one direction. You really must fight. Uh, to escape that river of sewage uh, and, and get out of it however you can meditation walks in nature um, playing video games you know wh- whatever it takes to disconnect from that uh, do it and and enjoy it and uh, don't don't fall for this crap I think the yeah the, the 
the bottom line, I think the best thing to do in this time is just to find something that gets you away from the mainstream narrative. Mm, that, that's that's pretty much it. Whether the mainstream that, narrative has now become fucking poison. It's it's irredeemable if, poison. If you follow any of that, it will only do you harm. Whether if you want to sew, meditate, walk in nature, play video games, I think it's just better for everyone to really not even keep an eye on it at this point. It's not helping anybody. Mm. I mean, we know what happened fucking six months ago. I mean, now it's just like better to just <laughs> chill the fuck out. Stay in this reality, your reality. Your reality is the real reality, not that reality, not us on your screen. Reality doesn't come from screens. Reality comes from you, your body, your socks in the moment, breathing in and breathing out. In the virtual reality prawn. Guys, it's been a pleasure, everyone. Send some roses to Mr. Grannon for being back in Praha. A lovely person to be around. I'm really bummed that you didn't bring the Dutch guy around. I would have yeah. loved to meet him. It's a whole team, isn't it? It's wonderful. <laughs> Welcome back to Praha, my friend. And uh, close us out. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so very much for your time and your attention. These are the two most precious currencies you have. There are no refunds on them. Please spend them wisely over the next week before we speak to you again next Wednesday. Thank you very much, and we look forward to speaking to you again very soon. See you.